0: We'll <laughs> Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, high school prospects, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. We wouldn't be able to have this podcast without our great partners at Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online, so a huge thank you to them. You can interact with Prospects 101 on all social media accounts at Prospects101pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're here to preview week 12. Pastel, what's up, my man? Dude,
1: well, you know, as a prospect show, there's other things that I like to entertain myself. One one being the NBA draft, which is currently on in the background. We had the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, just draft Georgia freshman Anthony Edwards. I mean, it's just something about drafts, prospects, man. I don't care what sport it is. It always just brings hope to the future of a team. And that's what I think just intrigues me is like you can have the worst team in basketball, the worst team in football, no matter what it is, but like that one pick. Is like the savior, or you you believe he could be the savior. So I, I just love it, man, just trying to project what people can do in the NBA and the collegiate – or the professional ranks. And I don't know, it's always a special moment in their life too, can you, kind of just seeing them – well, not right yeah. now, go on stage, but, you know, get picked virtually with their family and everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've always been big draft guys. It's just part of the reason why we, we host a prospect show. You know, obviously this is college football, but – I feel like you and I could probably talk prospects for any league, even if we don't really follow that league particularly. uh, You know, at least the professional league that they're getting drafted into. We do love us some prospects, and and yeah, like, like I said, but we've got. Speaking of football, we've got some big news this week, pastel. The biggest news of the week, must champ. Out at South Carolina, initial thoughts.
1: So I live in South Carolina now. I live uh, in Charleston. And so I hear a lot of the local radio shows kind of, you know, they focus actually more on South Carolina in Charleston than even Clemson, even though Clemson, you know, is a top top four team in the nation. But they've been talking about this firing for a long time. Like a lot of South Carolinians, they wanted him gone. They really never even wanted him there. The question was always just going to be who was going to replace him. Uh, and a lot of guys, crazy, believe it or not, was, it was Hugh, Hugh Freeze, has been on that list for South Carolina residents more or less for, the, for this whole year after what he's, what he's done up there in Liberty. So obviously he just signed a contract himself over for Liberty. I don't believe that contract really means anything. I think if the no. right school comes knocking, he's gone. I don't think that is South Carolina, but there's plenty of other coaches out there. I mean, you got Sark, Fickle, Napier, Caldwell. I mean, those are all prime, prime, you know, tier one coaches out there right now that could be making that jump to the SEC. And I believe that could do well. Uh, but, I mean, out of those coaches, Kenny, like, is there one of those guys that stick
0: out to you? Is there <laughs> another coach maybe? I really – well, you know what really makes me nervous is that they're going to come knocking on Wake Forest's door and, and pluck Dave Clawson away from Wake. I always get nervous when bigger P5 jobs come open and, and they're in, you know, that that Carolina territory because I feel like Dave Clawson recruits really well around the area. He does a good job. Obviously, he's done a historic job at Wake so far, and it just makes me nervous. But I don't think he's on. The, I don't. I don't think he has the name clout, you know. As great as he's done, he's just not a big name, uh, which I'm fine with. Stay at Wake forever, Dave. If you listen to the show, please don't ever leave Wake Forest. Um, but I, me, I think Billy Napier has to be the guy, man. I, he's he's he was an offensive coordinator at Clemson once upon a time. He's been a, he's been an offensive analyst at, at Alabama. He's done a tremendous job at Louisiana. He's got him ranked in the top twenty-five this year. He had him in the Sun Belt Champion, uh, Conference Championship last year. You know, and they I think they won ten games or eleven games last year. I mean, his offensive was, his offenses have always been potent. I, I think this is the guy you bring in to South Carolina and help him turn the program around. He, so I think he's thirty-nine or forty years old, so he's a relatively younger guy. He's full of energy. This is the next guy, in my opinion up and i think billy napier should be a no-brainer hire for south carolina well
1: i think you nailed it on the spot and that's a coach with roots in the southeast east coast carolinas the you know the florida the virginia's you got to have a coach that can recruit on the east coast and i think a lot of these coaches outside of fickle they've all been here at one point so i think they would all be good hires they all have backgrounds that i think are credible enough to make that jump i think what a lot of fans out there, and I've already heard it here in South Carolina, is like they have a pretty good recruiting class already with the top uh, quarterback really in the class and Gunnar Stockton in the 2022 mm-hmm. class. And a lot of people are wondering because he had ties to Muschamp.
0: So he went question, to school The son, right?
1: Right. So, I, yeah. I should, I, yeah, I think so. I'm not positive, but, yeah, I believe so. Um, So the question is already, like, as he began, you know, opening his recruitment opening, I haven't heard that story yet. Um, So hopefully whatever coach they hired, not that you can have, you know, a recruit, you know, handcuff yourself, but that's got to be on the back of their minds a little bit when you have a five-star QB coming to South Carolina. I mean, they're a good recruiting, they're a good school, they're SEC school, but they don't just get five-star recruits all the time, they just don't, they're just not that type of SEC school, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but you've got to, you got to stop just going after the name, you got go to go after somebody that, you know, can recruit, can build the program, can really sell the program, and really do the X's and O's that you need at a school
0: like that. Yeah, you got to have offense to win these days. And Billy Napier is the offensive guy. I think you bring him in. I think he, he does a really good job. I think he puts South Carolina back on the map. And uh, I mean, look, we know the ceiling. Go look at the Spur years. That's the ceiling of South Carolina. Well, and they're and, beating being Clemson regularly, and they were, you know, top 10, 15 program.
1: And we got to give a special shout-out to our co-host, Glesner right now. He believes Steve Sarkeesian is the guy, the offensive you know, coordinator for Alabama. So – We'll see, but that's what he believes.
0: I don't have an issue with Sark getting – I think he definitely deserves a job. My only concern is if, if I'm a P5, a major P5 program, like uh, one with top 10, 15 potential like South Carolina, is do you turn the reins over to a guy who who is battling alcoholism because he's always battling it, and it really reared its ugly head when he got to USC and had that USC pressure put on him in Southern California. Well,
1: before before we move on, so know we got to move on. I will say, America tends to forgive pretty quickly when you win. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. No, no, I'm
0: saying I'm saying if I'm an admin, I have major concerns as as an AD hiring a guy like that with well, his I mean, first with his first job back. Like, go prove it to me somewhere else. At like a G5 or a lower P5 first. So kind of do what Hugh hey, Q-
1: Freeze did, pretty much. Go to Q a Hugh Freeze or.
0: Who's what's the, uh Kiffin? Same with Kiffin. Same thing. Like, go prove it somewhere else that you can hold up to the stressors of being a head coach in college football again rather than giving him the reins of a potential top 25 team. That's a lot of expectation that's going to be put on him at South Carolina, his first job back as a head coach since what, what happened at SC.
1: Well, shoot, speaking of South Carolina, man, do you see both of their star corners opt out with J.C. Horn and Israel uh, Mukamu? I mean, mm. their best two players – In South Carolina, at South Carolina, opted out. I mean, Javion Hopkins, the the best running back, arguably in the ACC, outside Mm -hmm. of uh, Travis Etienne, opted out. Anthony Hines, who hasn't really played yet this year for Texas A&M, but he's going to be, obviously, an NFL caliber player. He opted out for the draft. Harris Ford opted out two weeks ago. Dude, there's a lot of players, I think, now that their season has come to or not fulfilled what they want it to be coming into the season. Like, they don't have aspirations for a title or conference championship. It looks like a lot of players kind of proved themselves for six weeks, seven weeks, and they're opting out. It's like, I don't want to get hurt at this point. I showed you what I could do. A la Paris Ford had a few picks, played well, and now they're opting out. South Carolina corners, your coach is gone. Not that they've proved to be very well, because they just got passed on for like 600 yards last week. But, but, I mean, these guys, what do you think, Kenny? Is this a trend that you're going to see happening more and more as the year goes on, just guys Uh, not giving up, but like risking the injury?
0: Maybe I don't. I don't know if it'll stick. I mean, I, I'm sure you'll probably. See, I think it was inevitable. We were going to see this at some point. where you are going to see a handful of guys a year just bow out through the year. But I, I think in a normal year, probably not. But I, you know, because you got to think, a lot of these kids are looking at it like, okay, we're not, we're not winning. We're not. Lo- things aren't looking good. I, I'm healthy. You know, COVID is now hitting a third phase, higher than it's ever been right now. Like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Out, you know externally of the program and you're like dude do I even still want to continue to risk this like we we're, we're treading water at this point as a program my stock isn't going to really get any better the only thing now is i could get hurt or i could get covid like you know i'm just calling it, i'm calling it i'm calling it a season yeah that's what happened to Paris Ford Paris Ford got nicked up he, i think he hurt his knee a little bit he tweaked his knee and was like you know what i'm out you know we've lost three or four games this season it's a covid season it's a messed up season I'm, I'm but but that's what that's I mean.
1: Seeing... Say Florida loses another game randomly, and they don't make it to the SEC championship. Does Kyle Trask or Kyle Pitts just say, like, you know what? We ain't making it to the SEC championship anymore. We're not making it to a, a big-time bowl game. Maybe we just pack it up for the year and, you know, start building
0: for the draft. I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Because, like, because Georgia I think is that, probably a perfect example. I think... I think, I think, I think Georgia, if they lost another game, you might see a rash of, of opt-outs. Right. I think if, if Florida lost one more game, I don't think you'd see that because they'd have two losses, but they'd still be in line to play in like yeah, a yeah, Super Bowl if, or something. That's a
1: specific example, maybe a bad example, but let's go to Georgia more or less and teams like Georgia, teams that had nothing to play for if they lose another game or two.
0: Yeah. You could see guys that like Texas and Georgia and these guys who have three, you know, three losses in the next week or so, and, and they might just pack it up. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Louisville is a little different because Louisville just had a rash of COVID outbreaks. South Carolina had, you know, their coach get fired, and they're like two and five. So I think that's some of, I think that's part of what you're seeing with the with those. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a right or wrong reason or answer at this point. I think it's just it's 2020, man. That's like that's all you can say. Okay.
1: And James Wiseman goes second to the Golden State Warriors. Fantastic pick for them. Seven foot one, uh, you know, wing man from memphis (laughs) i love it man i can't i love it i'm I'm, I'm recording a show i'm watching the nba draft this is a perfect
0: night for me it's awesome man i love the nba draft i'm really excited and speaking of prospects let's turn our attention to our game day radar pastel why don't you give me some prospects that have got you excited for this week
1: yeah let's talk about some prospects we haven't talked about and let's talk about some prospects of some meaningful games uh, coming up this weekend. The first guy, Ronnie Perkins, we've highlighted him on previous segments prior to the season, you know, in the uh, the Big 12 preview and so forth. But Ronnie Perkins, the defensive end for Oklahoma, he's been a very productive player for them for these past three years. He's got a big-time test uh, against Oklahoma State. Obviously, the winner of this game has has the, the path to be the Big 12 champion, or at least playing the Big 12 championship. And Ronnie Perkins, I mean, that defense is obviously not very great, but he's probably the best player on that defense. You've got to find a way to stop Chuba Hubbard you got to find a way to stop Sanders. you got to find a way to slow down this Oklahoma State offense. If you can do that, then that's all you need to give Oklahoma a chance to you know, like really blow this game open with their offense. So I think Ronnie Parkins is going to be a linchpin to really see who wins this game uh, with Oklahoma playing Oklahoma State. The next guy, Greg Newsom, if you haven't heard about this kid, uh, I mean, we've highlighted you know, Northwestern players, but mostly linebackers and defensive line over the last few weeks. But this guy's they're probably their best cornerback, I believe, he, if he does, if he does want to go to the NFL draft this, next year, I think he's a fifth round talent. Even though I hope he stays for one more year, he's a junior. But he's a shut down corner. He's extremely fast. I believe he's going to run sub four four. I mean, he shut down David Bell when David Bell has not been shut down all year this year. He did a very good job against him last week when they played Purdue mm-hmm. and beat mm-hmm. Purdue. And I think if they can go out there um, and play Wisconsin, which is going to be a very defensive. Uh, I mean, both coaches are defensive schemes. schemes. I mean, they, they love drawing up the best schemes going against other offenses mm-hmm. and so forth. So I think Greg mm-hmm. Newsom, if they can shut down Wisconsin's pass game and really make this one-dimensional, and then you got players like Patty Fisher and a bunch of other linebackers that we think are studs, really make that a running game for Wisconsin. I think, you know, Northwestern has a great chance to really win this game, even though I believe they're, they're, they're underdogs right now. Um, the last guy I want to talk about is uh, Hasna, Hamsa Nasriladine. It's kind of hard to pronounce for me. Uh, the safety for Florida State. Obviously, we haven't talked about him this year because he hasn't mm-hmm. played. This is his last week; was his first game uh, coming back. He played NC State. He had four tackles. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of him this week when he plays Clemson. Right now, I believe they're 34.5 uh, dogs yeah. against Clemson. Yeah. But but I want to see him go out there. I don't need him to get go out there and have six picks, you know, a bunch of tackles. I need to go out there and see him being healthy, see him explosive, see him play with speed. Like I need him to show me he hasn't lost much from his injury and just yeah. Show me he's the same player that he was going against, you know, a top-tier team like Clemson and the best quarterback we've seen in a, in a decade and Trevor Lawrence. So go out there and just prove to me you're healthy. But those are the three guys I got my eye out for. Ronnie Perkins, defensive end in Oklahoma, Greg Newsom, cornerback Northwestern, and Nazarul the the safety for Florida
0: State. Kenny, what about
1: you? you got a few players you're looking at this weekend?
0: Yeah, I got a, I got a handful of guys. I'm really excited. When I was looking at the games this week, there was a ton of stuff. And you, you and I were texting offline uh, in the group chat earlier, and I was going off about how many good games there were this week. But the one that the, let's start with the let's start with the opener first. The game we're going to be at, which is App State at Coastal this weekend, and that's Shamor, Shamar Gene Charles, the cornerback for App State. He's got a really tough matchup. He's got to go up against one of the best receivers in the Sun Belt playing for Coastal Carolina, and that's Javion Hiley. Uh, Gene Charles is one of the best-rated uh, cornerbacks according to Pro Football Focus, and Hiley's one of the best wide receivers according to Pro Football Focus. It's a showdown of two elite Sun Belt Conference players. Shamar Gene Charles, if you can successfully lock up Javion Hiley, that's going to go a long way to slowing this potent Coastal offense down, and it's going to be one of the keys to them winning, to be honest. My next guy, Keaton Slovis. My guy. I mean, there, there, the odds of me going a week without talking about this guy is slim to none. He's probably my favorite player in college football outside of anybody in you know, Wake Forest. But exactly. I, I love Keaton Slovis. I love Keaton Slovis. He shines when the lights are bright. He did it again last week by leading another game-winning comeback in, less, in under a minute to win the game for USC to keep their already slim playoff hopes alive. This week he's got Utah. And look, this is the biggest game on USC's schedule. I, I don't care what anybody says about UCLA being a rivalry game, all this stuff. This is the biggest game on their schedule. If they can beat Utah, the rest of their schedules: Colorado, Washington State, and UCLA. That's all that stands in the way of them being in the Pac-12 championship game if they can beat Utah. Those are three very winnable games. Colorado and UCLA are arguably the two worst teams in the Pac-12, and Washington State, you know it just it depends on what Washington State offense shows up, but they have a new coach and a bunch of new stuff, so I'm focused on Keen so this week because he's kind of looked a little shaky outside of outside of the fourth quarter this year. He started his games very slow. I want to see him strike while the irons hot, really come after a Utah team that hasn't played this season yet and that has lost a significant amount of defensive players from last year's team, from a very good defensive team. So they need to strike early, strike often, put the pedal to, put the, pedal to the metal, and get going on Utah. And, and him start him playing hot early is going to really tell, be telling them a lot uh, for what they can do the rest of the season. Uh, my next guy, Jamar Johnson, safety out of Indiana. They play Ohio State this weekend. Look, no, the secret, there's no secret to be Ohio State. The secret is you've got to stop Justin Fields. You've got to stop him from throwing the football all over the place. And Indiana has a pair of safeties that are really, really good. But the guy who stands out to me is Jamar Johnson. You know, he's he's 6'1", 200 pounds. He's very rangy. He's got two and a half tackles for losses, a pick this season. He had three sacks last year and two picks. Like he's a very versatile player. And for the first four games of the season, he's been arguably Indiana's best player on defense. Well, he's going to need to really, really step it up and 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 take over the game. He needs to be the center fielder that Indiana needs to to stop Justin Fields. Like this is this is this is your time to shine. This is the biggest game in Indiana program history. I'm really excited to see this kid go up against an elite offense and an elite prospect in Justin Fields. Uh, my next guy. Wide receiver Raheem Jarrett out of Maryland, freshman, true freshman, one of the top recruits in the country, and he has lived up to it. Pastel, I mean, in three games he's got 200 yards, two touchdowns, 12 catches. He's been an absolute beast. And, and you know, honestly, it's really been two games because they had the first game against Northwestern, which was kind of a forgetful game. They lost 45 <laughs> to they lost 45 to three, and it really just wasn't a game. That's because my but boy Greg game, Newsom took him down, man. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> man. But I mean, they've been they've been awesome the last two games. Maryland has they've looked like a, a completely different team, taking down Penn State and Michigan and our Minnesota. And now they and now you know this is another big game for them against Michigan State. Look, Michigan State is one of the best corners in the nation, Shakur Brown. So Raheem Jarrett, man, you got to do work against arguably a top five cornerback in the country, in Shakur Brown. So. Really excited to see him, right, and see if he can still continue that development with Talia Tagovailoa and, and get this Maryland team to who would have thought do three and one if they win this weekend?
1: Not me. Like how
0: crazy yeah. is that? And We're a better, lot of that has to the be- over under was what one and a half coming into this year. Yep, yep. <laughs> you and I had a, you and I had an argument on a podcast about who was going to be a worse team, Maryland or Rutgers.
1: <laughs> and I think that's we put how- the I think we put the under for one of them. That, 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 that's nuts,
0: man. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, but a lot of that stems from Rakeem Jarrett, man. He's been the playmaker, the five-star recruit everybody thought he could be. So he needs like, – this is his toughest test so far this weekend uh, against Michigan State. My next guy, Caden McDonald. Dude, you know how much I love San Diego State. In fact, my favorite game this weekend might be San Diego State versus Nevada. Like, I'm so psyched about that game. Love and and Caden, Caden McDonald, edge rusher at San Diego State, has been an absolute beast in the first four games. Six-and-a-half tackles for losses, four-and-a-half sacks a forced fumble, a bunch of quarterback hurries. Like, he's picked up where he left off last year and is already elevating his game, looking like one of the best players in the Mountain West Conference. Well, look, they got it. They got it. They got it. San Diego State has to be good defensively because their offense is atrocious. And and they're going up against a really good Nevada offense led by Kay Strong. This is a good Nevada offense, and they're going to need Caden McDaniel to get in Strong's face and rush him all game long, to have an opportunity to win this game, in my opinion. It's a pick em game, but I, if their defense isn't on point, I am, I, I, I'm i not convinced that if Nevada gets up a score or two that the San Diego State's offense can come back and, and win the game. So, Caden McDaniel, you're the leader of a really, really, really awesome defense. need you to show up this week because this is your toughest test offensively in the entire Mountain West Conference uh, uh, up to date. And then my next guy, my last guy. A surprise honorable mention, Pastel. This is a guy who you and I have just absolutely eviscerated on this podcast. Don't say his before. name. Don't say. And I will. And I will not say his name. And listen, we had a we had a conversation offline, you and I, about if we should say his name on the podcast because he's definitely earned it. So I, anybody who doesn't know, my surprise honorable mention is QB one out of Cincinnati, the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bearcat, and he's my guy. I want to keep an eye on this week because this is it. We, how long have you and I said that Cincinnati-UCF is the, is the game that we've had circled our calendar for Cincinnati all year long? Because the one question we've had was, we know you, you, you have, your UCF is going to show up offensively. You know, this is a program that, off, that routinely scores 40, 50 points a game. Yep. And our concern at the beginning of the season was QB1 out of Cincinnati is not good enough to go tit for tat with UCF's offense. Except when we banned his name. He's been playing like a Heisman contender for the last four weeks, enough to where he has earned his name back. But we will not use his name because we don't want to jinx him. So we will continue to call QB1 from Cincinnati, QB1 from Cincinnati. He has earned his name back. He needs to keep playing like he's been playing because this is the game right here. This is their Super Bowl, in my opinion.
1: Oh, for it's sure. UCF. And, and, if they, and every fan out there right now saying, uh, well, they played SMU. Well, SMU, yes, they have an explosive offense. They don't have the defense UCF has. They don't have a guy like Richie Grant out there back at safety. Like, UCF, yes, I know they've lost two games. I know they're not ranked right now, but they're still a good football program. And Dylan Gabriel up at quarterback and some other players on offense, they have enough dudes on offense and in defense to beat Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati right now is coming in as a six point favorite which yep. is not much, not much for a team that everyone believes could be a playoff contender versus a team that's unranked right now. So get it right. This game's going to be close. It's going to be a good football game. And this, is a,
0: this is a very dangerous game for Cincinnati, and they need their quarterback to continue to play like he's been playing because I'm convinced if, if, if he plays like he's been playing the last three or four weeks, which is at, – at, like I said, I, I wasn't being funny. At a Heisman level – they're, they're they're unstoppable
1: well when you're getting four touchdowns and rushing for over 150 yards a game yeah I mean maybe not from like an NFL standpoint he's gonna ever get drafted high but from a college football standpoint the dude's balling out right now and okay. real quick Kenny before we go into our better line segment you mentioned a school in USC and it kind of made me think more about the other USC we never ever talked about you know Graham Harrell being the offense coordinator at USC possibly making that jump into the the, uh, the head coaching ranks, and possibly going to a, a University of South it's Carolina. A, I mean, a
0: Very good call.
1: Everyone's just waiting for him. He's, like, the next coach, the next sexy coach to, like, really make that leap because he's, he's an explosive offensive coordinator. So if him and Keaton Slovis, if he can ride Keaton Slovis to a, I don't know, a 7 and one year winning the Pac-12 championship or playing for the Pac-12 championship, watch out for Graham Harrell making a, a big-time jump to either the Big 12 or the SEC.
0: That's a very good point. That's a very valid point, Pastel. I would not be stunned if, at the end of the day, Graham Harrell is becoming the coach at South Carolina. Well, you mentioned it. Let's talk some betting. You mentioned that Cincinnati Cincinnati's opened up as a six-point favorite. The wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out hallelujah. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Online. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's a perfect transition to us talking to our BetOnline segment where we pick winners and our locks of the week, what we would consider guarantees. Now, last week I was 2-2 on the season. I'm 16, 25, and 1. Let's dive right in because I took some kind of alternative lines this week. It wasn't all point spreads like it normally is. Starting off off first, my first game is Wisconsin at Northwestern. Wisconsin is a seven-point favorite. They're laying seven points. I'm taking Wisconsin and the points. In fact, I think Wisconsin wins big, to be honest. My next game, Cincinnati minus six at UCF. I'm taking Cincinnati, laying the six points. I do think QB1 continues to play hot and they <laughs> win by, and, they, and they win by two touchdowns. <laughs> I love it. Now my next three games are all over unders. They're not mm. all sp- like I said, they weren't all spreads this week. And when I looked at them, I just saw three over unders that I just couldn't pass up. The first one, over under 59 in the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma game. I think that is going to be an absolute shootout. I think anytime I see a game involving Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and it's not and it's not sixty points over under. I'm gonna take the over every time, so I'm taking the over in that game. My next game, next over under game is UCLA or sorry is the University of Florida at Vanderbilt. The over under is sixty seven. I'm taking the over in that game. I think you, I think the University of Florida is probably gonna put up fifty points on their own, so it wouldn't be surprised if this score is like one of those games where it's like fifty five to twenty. Yep. That, that's kind of what I'm feeling. And then my next over under game that I'm taking is. Michigan State at Maryland, 54 points. I'm taking the over in that game, too. I'm a believer in Maryland's offense. Talia's won me over. Rakeem Jarrett's won me over. Dumas has won me over. That is a potent offense. Loxley's got them humming. I think they go over 54. Michigan State's defense, uh, outside of Shakir Brown, stinks. They're not very good. And I think Maryland's defense is bad enough. Still, that Michigan State will be able to score. I think it will be a high-scoring game. Maryland takes it and goes over the 54.
1: Yeah, so you should just bet the over on every single game, according
0: to Kenny, right? Well, yeah. (laughs) I just don't – I can't bet the under because I don't – if I'm watching the game, I don't bet the under because I don't want to watch bad football.
1: Okay, on a scale of – or a percentage, 100% being purely because I believe it's going to be the over and say – so, for, for example, how much of the, the Maryland game, Michigan State game, do you believe is actually because you think they're going to hit the over or you just don't want to root for them to be under? Oh, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: no, no. If I'm if I'm betting – if I'm actually betting on the game, I'm taking the over because I believe the over is going to happen. Okay. Like, like I, I'm not going to say I don't ever bet the under, but you're talking out of 100 bets on over-under, I'm probably betting the under like five times. <laughs> you know, and that's – but, I, yeah, no, I – I do think the over is going to happen. I wouldn't mention it on this podcast if I, if I wasn't convinced that it was going to happen.
1: Well, you know what's funny is one of my games this week I believe is going to be the under, and I believe it's going to be with the team, like with Alabama. In it. So just getting straight into mine, so I was 3-2 and two last week on 25, 21-1 overall. But I believe Kentucky versus Alabama, the over-under right now is 58.5. I believe it's going to hit the under. I believe Alabama wins by 40. I believe they're going to win forty to seven. Like that, that's kind of the score I see in my head. It's 7 I don't think Kentucky's going to score, but I do believe Kentucky's defense is good enough to where Alabama doesn't score fifty eight points. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. so, so I, I'm going to take the under, uh, and I believe that there's a little bit of ball control that happens with this game. So uh, Alabama, Kentucky, taking the under fifty eight point five. The other game I have is Tulane versus Tulsa. Tulsa is minus six point five in this game. I think it's going to be a great game, but I do believe Tulsa covers. um, I believe it's going to be, you know, a battle between, was it uh, Johnson for Tulane, and then you got Zayvon Collins, I mean, two defensive Mm -hmm. stars in this league. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit because I want Tulsa to win because I believe Tulsa has to continue to win out for Cincinnati to make a chance at the playoffs. So by the time Cincinnati plays Tulsa, which is the last game of the year, Tulsa has to be ranked in the top 15, I believe, for Cincinnati to have a legit shot at playing in the playoffs. That just is what it is. So I'm kind of almost rooting for Tulsa in this game. Maybe it's a little bit of why I'm picking them, but I also think they're going to win by seven. So the other game I have right now is Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Historically speaking, Oklahoma is going to win this game. I do believe is two very evenly skilled teams. I really do. I believe Oklahoma State has enough guys on offense uh, that are probably going to be just drafted as high as guys on offense for Oklahoma. So – you're, asking me, you're going to give me seven points for Oklahoma State. I'm going to take Oklahoma State and the seven points. So I think they're going to win. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State with the seven points against Oklahoma. My last game is USC minus three versus Utah. I know USC starts slow. I know there's been some deficiencies on defense for them. But listen, Utah hasn't played yet. USC has two games underneath their belt. I think they're going to come out there and, and they're, going to shot, they're going to hit Utah on the mouth a little bit. Utah has a lot of – they lost a lot of players last year. So I, I I just I gotta believe USC is gonna win by more than three points in this game. So I'm taking USC uh, covering the minus three for this for this
0: week. I like it all, everything except for the under.
1: <laughs> everything besides the it. under.
0: I love it. Everything except for the under. Man, I'm so excited for that. US. I'm, dude, I, there's just a lot of great games this weekend, man. I think a lot of uh, – and there are a lot of under-the-radar great games, in my opinion. Like, that's that's what I'm really excited about. Is I think there's a lot of games that are going to be, like – that people are kind of writing off that are going to be really, really, oh, really good.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, Liberty versus NC State, I think that's going to be one hell of a football game. I mean, people aren't giving NC State enough, uh, enough love because they do have a few losses on the record, but that's a good football team over there. No matter what quarterback is playing for them, and, obviously, Liberty, they're trying to be upset special every single week. So can they jump into the top 20 after being beating NC State this week? I believe they can. Um, I mean, you got other teams. I mean, Virginia Tech versus Pittsburgh. I know they're both unranked, but they're both great football teams. You got, you got one of the best defensive lines in Pittsburgh going against one of the best offensive lines in Virginia Tech. So there's definitely storylines all across the college football this weekend. And to your point, Kenny, I mean – they might not always be ranked, but it's going to be good football. UCLA versus Oregon. Keep an eye on that. UCLA, UCLA completely dominated. Was it California this past week?
0: Well, yeah. This they crushed I mean,
1: crushed them. And if you look about their, their week one versus Colorado, they came storming back in the second half or something. So, like, they might be clicking right now. And Oregon just lost their their top uh, freshman linebacker, not Sewell, as much as I know yeah. likes likes them, but Justin Flo. Pat so, yeah. it, who was it, Kenny? You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Justin yeah, Flo. So, uh, I'm not putting my money on this game. I'm not that dumb. But UC- I'm not that dumb to bet on UCLA is what I'm saying. But watch out for them because they are hot right now. And there's a lot of moving pieces on Oregon, a lot of injuries, and a lot of opt-outs on them the I yeah. don't know. You might you might want to watch out this week.
0: A lot, lot of fun games this week. And, of course, we're going to be at Coastal App State, a Sunbelt showdown like no other. Super excited for that. Now, Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. We wouldn't be Prospects 101 if we didn't talk recruiting roundup. Pastor, so why don't, you, why don't you kick us off and, and, and fill us in on some recruiting news that's happened this week.
1: So let's just call it what it is, man. The biggest signing happened today. This is Wednesday, by the way. We're recruiting this, uh, recording this Wednesday. Ismail um, Mondin, Monden, the five-star linebacker. He signs with Georgia. Georgia now has the top five recruiting class in college football. We've been saying this from the get-go. It's only a matter of time for Georgia to jump into the top five and probably end up in the top three. Well, this guy propelled him to do that. He's out of Dallas, Georgia. He's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, a sideline-to-sideline side kind of guy. I mean, he's, he's exactly what you would expect out of a Georgia defense. He's going to fit that defense perfectly. Um, I, I, I could just see this guy being a first-round talent from day one, honestly. Uh, the next guy, Terrence Cooks, another four-star linebacker, signs with Texas. Texas has had some really tough losses uh, recently with losing, you know, Samuel and a couple other guys out of the 2022 class. But this is a great pickup for them in their 2021 class, a four-star linebacker, and Terrence Cooks. The last guy I want to quickly mention is a guy – that's just signed with Coastal Carolina to yeah. go to that game. Don Jackson, six foot, uh, six foot one eighty dual threat quarterback. He's 641st overall uh, player according to 24-7 sports, which, you know, for most schools, you're like, well, that's not, a, that's not much. But if any recruiting class for Coastal Carolina, he would have been the top or second best player in the recruiting class. So for him to sign for Coastal Carolina is a huge pickup for them. And he's just such a dynamic football player. Go out and watch us huddle. The guy's a, a an all-world type of athlete. So I think he is gonna keep building on that program that they've established so far.
0: Look, far- Mark, this go ahead. This is this is this is Coastal Carolina's year, dude. I'm convinced. Twenty twenty is the year of the chance because you know we're obviously going to the coastal game. I've been to one earlier. Uh, there's another program called the College Football Bros. We adopted us, Fourth Bros. That's the unofficial name of their fan base. Adopted them as our G5 team this year. And then, obviously, ha- they, they just locked down this great recruit. And then, what happened last weekend, Pastel? Dustin Johnson wins the Masters. Where is he from? Coastal Carolina. Are you telling it me is, this? You tell me this is a city of champions? Coastal <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> Coastal Carolina is the city of champions. Let's go. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, is the new city of champions. Book it. it. it.
1: It's going to come down to Tampa Bay versus coast or versus yeah, uh, Myrtle Beach area <laughs> for twenty only twenty twenty. <laughs> by the way, it would it be Tampa Bay and Myrtle Beach being the city of champions? So.
0: Is what it is. Why don't you get why don't you fill us in on some decommitments this
1: week, Pastel? So the biggest decommitment is Philip Riley, the four star cornerback, uh, phenomenal player by the way, but he decommits from University of Southern California and he signs with Notre Dame. Happened to be, I believe, the day after uh, Notre Dame won last week. So I got a feeling this string of wins right now for Notre Dame, you know, beating Clemson, beating Boston College, beating a few other teams. You start seeing the recruiting class kind of correlate. It, it, it makes sense, obviously, but that's the, the impact of playing college football and it's recruits seeing you play. That's why I believe it was a smart move, obviously minus some of these health risks and everything, but for the Pac-12, the Big 12, or Big Ten, sorry, to all come back, from a recruiting standpoint is these teams have the upper edge of recruits see you play because right now recruits are gravitating towards Notre Dame. Why? Because Notre Dame is winning. They're beating the Clemsons of the world. They're a top – to program right now in college football, so it, this is not surprised me. Sucks for USC, but great pickup for Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is a good flip for Notre Dame. Uh, I believe they flipped the flip because I believe Riley was originally committed to Notre Dame, then flipped to USC, and now he's flipped back. Did, to Notre did he Dame. did he sign with Notre Dame initially? I know he like
1: I, all crystal balls were pointing that way. I just didn't know if he I had signed.
0: I had read. I did. I read a snippet the other day. On, on Reddit, on college football Reddit, that he had flipped from Notre Dame to, to USC, and now they flipped him back to Notre Dame. <laughs> my
1: mind's telling me Tell no, me no. Yeah. but
0: my body, my
1: <laughs> body's telling me yes. Yeah.
0: If you don't know, we also host a karaoke podcast that Pastels is the host of, so make sure. <laughs> yeah, <we> got- <laughs> make sure you go listen to that. Oh, goodness. Dude, by the way, speaking of, before we wrap up here, speaking of the Pac-12, i one thing we didn't we didn't mention earlier is they actually agreed to to do non-conference games now in case there's like a cancellation so obviously you mentioned UCLA and Cal played on Sunday that game wasn't on the calendar both of their opponents were COVID they had to cancel their game because of COVID concerns COVID outbreaks with their program so the Pac-12 has now agreed to let non-conference play and I believe it's kind of going to be the same thing like Josh had an amazing analogy earlier, Gless's older brother had an amazing analogy earlier saying, hey, we have the refs, just need you to bring a football and and a whistle, and we can play. That's basically what's going to happen in the Pac-12 now with this COVID situation.
1: Yeah, um, I have also heard whispers of the college football season being more flexible in general. I know right now the college football playoff committee is supposed to be meeting in mid-December. I don't believe that's going to change, but there are just talks about Games being rescheduled, possibly pushing back a week now. Yep. I'm not saying it's yep. going to happen, but it sounds like college football is understanding that, you know what, why are we handcuffing ourselves right now
0: to a – It makes no
1: sense. It makes no sense. So I don't know – I don't. actually, I wouldn't be a – if I'm a betting man, which I am, I'm not going to bet that it happens, but I will not be completely surprised if they say, all right, we're just going to do December 31st, give you guys two extra weeks of college football,
0: and that's when we're going to decide who the playoff team is. It, w- it would make total sense. It would make total sense. And, look, everybody keeps saying that they're going to cancel the rest of this. It's not – now that they've already started this season, they're not going to cancel it. Now that they're this far into it, that's not going to happen because there's too much money on the line for the, for, from the networks for their playoff. Like, they're, they, if they don't host a playoff, they don't get that ESPN money, and that's a lot of money. So, I, look, right, wrong, indifferent, whatever you want to believe – the, the, the season goes on. It might get maybe pushed back a week or two, but the season's going to continue. Now that they're eight, nine, ten games into the season for some teams, especially teams like Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, all those teams, the season goes on. It doesn't stop.
1: The, the, the one thing that's me to be interesting, we all, I think we know the answer already, is some teams have already played eight games. Some teams have almost, I think, BYU's at seven or eight right now already. Like, in theory, they shouldn't, be, they shouldn't have to play another game and it impact impacts where they fall in the standings. But you have other guys, other teams like the PAX, well, they're only in their third game, their second game right now. And I do believe the eye test is going to come in and, and in the hearts of the voters saying, like, well, what have you done for me recently? So if BYU doesn't play more games in schools like that that have already played, they front-loaded their schedule with all these games, I think it's going to hurt them come December, man. I think they're going to fall in the rankings, which is totally unfair, honestly. Yeah. But it's going to be Utah. like – well. Yeah, yeah. Utah,
0: schedule BYU, you cowards. Bring the Holy War back.
1: Dude, come on, man.
0: Honestly, I mean, this is my
1: my wish. Can I have a wish right now? I want BYU to play Cincinnati December, I don't know, 15th, winner goes to the playoffs. Like, can we just make that happen? Why the hell not?
0: Let's go. Let's go. It's it's 2020. Let's try out all bunch of stuff. Let's go. I love it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. We're getting silly here toward the end of the show, man. But I look – Look, week twelve is going to be a fun week. A lot of great games. Make sure you pay attention to all the games this week for everybody listening to the show. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep pay attention to our social media accounts. You can follow us at Prospect One Hundred One on all forms of social media—Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Especially, you want to pay attention this weekend because we are going to be at Coastal. I'm sure we're going to be bringing you a lot of content from the game. So make sure you're following us. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay up to date with all of our episodes. And make sure you give us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. It helps us spread the word. It helps other listeners of college football find this show. And so by leaving a five-star review, we really appreciate it. It really helps us out a lot. That's all for this week. Uh, Preview, Pastel, you got anything extra you want to say?
1: Yeah, man, let's get going.
0: All right. Well, you heard it from the man himself. That's Pastel. I'm Kenny. Have a great week.